What's up, everybody? Since the Sandbox is back after the Super Bowl, me and Steve are here. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, going to give you guys a great recap of what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm amped. Uh, the Super Bowl is concluded, and the team I wanted, uh, quarterback I wanted, coach I wanted, all won. Uh, so, so thank God for that, but we're also seven months away from, from watching the next closest football game. So that's very depressing. Um, but in that meantime, we're still going to be keeping up everything around the league as far as draft, combine, training camp, injuries, trades, all that fun stuff. So in the off season, it doesn't stop here. So just make sure to keep on listening. But Lou, like you said, we got uh, 49ers 20, Kansas City 31. Kev was very close with, with mm-hmm. his prediction for the score. Uh, so, so shout out to YS. And... Um, let, let's just dig right in, Lou. How, how did you think Jimmy G performed in his first start as, as a Super Bowl, Super Bowl quarterback? Well, I mean, I, he outplayed Mahomes for three quarters. I mean, that, that just is what it is. Um, I just thought that, and he kind of went how I said it would. I, I thought that they would lead the whole game and then Kansas City would come behind because the best player on the field was the best player on the field. Yeah. I just thought that that was, that was one of the, the most inconsistent like referee performances in like a Super Bowl I've ever seen. I would I did think that that there were a, a lot of things that were off, but I got to say, as far as I, f- I feel like we've given a lot of criticism mm. to Super Bowls um, for ju- just recently not being that well with that that the Patriots weren't in, and I can honestly say that that we I thought we witnessed a, a decent Super it was Bowl. Good, yeah, I thought it was a solid game. Like the the Niners, they definitely had their chance to win. Kansas City definitely uh, peaked when they needed to, and that was in the last couple minutes of the yeah. game. So so scoring that many points in the fourth quarter, I think it was 21 points, was definitely uh, clutch for them. I did think Jimmy G did play a, a good game, too, to that yeah. point. Um, I, ju- I also do think that, that Shanahan knows Jimmy G's limitations, which is why so deep in the game he tried to rely on the run so much, where, where I really thought when, when the 49ers needed to pass the ball – in the last seven, eight minutes of the game, they weren't able to do that successfully. Yeah, and then, but, but I, I think we finally found a co- a coach who was worse with timing than Andy Reid. Like seriously, like like you said, they they ran they didn't they ran the football at the end, right? But there was a possession when they got the pick, they threw three straight times. Yeah, what was that? That was legit the same thing they did with Atlanta in the soup against the Pats. They when you had to run Choked. it, they passed it. When you had to pass it, they, they ran it. it. Yeah. Like it didn't make any sense and and it just wasn't even flowing enough to where Jimmy G could like have like like, like he wasn't like like he missed one throw. Like which we'll get into in a minute cuz I I think that that whole play was tainted. Uh-huh. But like yeah, I just thought that like I couldn't believe like the refs were just like everything we knew from the from the regular season was like out the window. Like the Kittle play? Like how is the play in the Vikings game? Not pass interference. But that is. But that, like, what, <laughs> on what planet is that okay? Like, you can't have two complete parallel opposites go the wrong way. And, like, I just thought that was insane. And that was a huge, that could have been a huge play. No, yeah, that definitely could have. Uh, I, I do think that, that a lot of the playmakers, as far as San Francisco's side of the ball, they Debo did kind Samuel. of fade, they they did fade away. Debo Samuel did did really good rushing the ball, but Lou, there wasn't a single receiver on the on the 49ers that caught over 50 yards. Yeah, I mean that that's what happens when your number one is a rookie and you drafted no one else besides. I mean, like the, people forget, like there were a four win team last year. Like that's nuts. Yeah, to to just make that big of a transition for sure. Yeah. Uh, just on just on uh, more of the Jimmy G note, Eric Eager from uh, Pro Football Focus tweeted this, Jimmy G was one for nine for 20 yards and two interceptions when pressured and didn't complete a ball over 20 yards in the air. So 
to my point of, of kind of what I was saying with the Kansas City defense and how they had a, a big kind of second half of the season from like week 10 on, uh, I think Steve Spaggs kind of dialed up the pressure when, yeah. when it was right. And he kind of had the model from, from when it got to Brady. And I, I guess the, the, the happy feet just really came out for Jimmy G when it came towards the end of the game. Uh, I know you def saw he yeah. tried to make that that two handed pass to Mostert when when he was all uh, bottled up yeah, in the he pocket. Yeah, nowhere to no go. No chance. And, and it just I don't I don't want to credit the Chiefs defense and say that they played good all game because they they were beat until the fourth quarter. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Yeah, I thought they played. I th- I thought their pass defense played great the whole game. I mean, like it's kind of like the Saints in like 2011. Like their defense was okay in the regular season, but the, the postseason they just caught fire and. It just didn't stop. No, it, they didn't stop. And, and to the Chiefs' defense, two interceptions was huge. That Brashad uh, Breland interception at the be—I uh, think that was the first turnover of the game. Yeah, that that was that was huge to to start it off. And then, I mean, one sack and four and a half tackles for loss with the change, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I just thought, not that we expected that from them, but I feel like the the moments where they made the play was was. That's such important part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I do think that San Francisco's defense played good, and I think that they gave the team enough to win. Yeah. The, I, I don't just, I thought the zone secondary was imba- like that was bad. Like not to call it Richard Sherman, but like he got exposed. Like, yeah, he did. That was bad. Like that was that was so bad. Where like the whole fourth quarter was like Tyree kill streak cuts outside cuts inside. No one's there. Mm. It was no, it was really bad. I think they, they see that you cannot play zone on Patrick Mahomes. Well, Lou, uh, just Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. I mean, they both had big games. Hill had almost ten catches for over a hundred yards, and Sammy Watkins five catches for for just about a hundred yards. I know Sammy Watkins hasn't really played to his first round five, uh, top five overall pick potential, but I mean, paying him fourteen million dollars if he's going to show up in a moment like this, I I mean. I don't know what else they could have asked for, you know. I thought I thought they went out and performed well, even when Mahomes wasn't. Uh, the only thing I would discredit uh, Tyreek Hill for was that tipped pass interception. That should have been that should have been a catch. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was behind him. I I do think you have to do a better job of making sure that even if you like don't catch it, like make sure that goes into the ground. Yeah. But I thought it was a good pick, and um, I, he was my biggest impact player. Honestly, I thought Tyreek at the end just he was such a worry, and when you doubled him. It didn't work, but when you did it another time, Kelsey was open or walking. So I just feel like they, like he ran a muck. Like he legit ran a muck. Yeah, Lou, that that big forty yard play he had towards the end of the game. That was actually the same play that they ran last yeah. uh, season in the playoffs versus the Pats. Um, and and that play seemed to work for them. And the safety's obviously gonna kind of favor towards the over the top coverage, especially with Tyreek Hill. Um, so seeing him break on that out route kind of feel like got the spark going. But if you could say that there was one turning point in the game, there could have been many of them. What do you think the turning point in the game was that kind of took it from San Francisco up 20-10 to 10 to Kansas City making a comeback? Oh, oh, for sure it was the play where they had just gotten the pick, and they it was third down, and it was the offsides that they missed. That was a blatant offsides that they missed. Jimmy G throws an incompletion over his head because— uh, that guy got there really early. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't stop someone if they go off sides and they don't call it. And then at that point, uh, Kansas City got in good field position, and then they started their march. I just thought that that missed call kind of just killed everything that San Fran had. It was like, if they get that one first down, the game is likely over. I, d- I thought that, that both teams 
well, well, like they they did a good job, like individually, of like staying in the game, mm-hmm. like San Francisco yeah. and the Chiefs. But like, I thought there were moments in the game where like the 49ers could have could have like ended it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like early in the fourth quarter, like you said, where they're throwing three passes when they should be running, and then vice versa. I, I just I don't know like how you really go in that direction. I think I think at times Kyle Shanahan really like outthinks himself because he is a great yeah. coach. Like he was coach of the year candidate you know what I mean we, we all talked about him very highly throughout the season um so like it was in Atlanta I feel like he got in his head and just when you try and think things of, of how the opposing team is going to yeah. act and then you try and make your decision based on that I, I, I think it can get really tricky so I, I think it just really needs to go to benefiting your guys how can your guys be, be on the field and make the best play and Damian Williams is really out there to make the best play. I mean, yeah. almost, almost every play, over 100 yards rushing, he was such a factor in the receiving game. He was great. And, and one of my turning points, I think, was when he scored that touchdown. Uh, I know it's very controversial that, that he could have stepped out. But I thought that was in. Just me. Just no, me. No, I thought it was in. I, I, I did too, because if you're the ref and you're making that call, how can you say by a hairline, like by this, by that, that that's not a touchdown? When you see that full motion, I, I think it's unquestionable that that's a touchdown. And what we have to go based off of is not that not that it was the wrong call by the league. It's the ref on the field making the call because it wasn't confirmed. The play on the field just stands. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think people just need to realize that. Um so I thought that could have been a turning point, uh, and the success of the of Kansas City on fourth down could have been very deteriorating yeah. on the San Francisco defense. Um, so I I really thought that that Kansas City stepped up when they needed to, and Mahomes really wasn't playing great, like you no, said. He, he was he was horrible. Like he would the first half he was horrible. The the I feel like the front seven for the 49ers were getting after him. I mean, Bosa was getting after him. They had interceptions early, and I I'm, I don't know. I I definitely wasn't expecting it to start off like that. I just I definitely didn't expect the the 49ers to take their foot off the pedal at the end. You know? Yeah, I just feel like they were gassed and they couldn't stay on the field because I mean, like you went from running it three straight plays to like passing it three straight plays and then you run like at the end of the game you you had 245 left you run it for a you run it for a first down you literally got 11 yards on a sweep then you call a timeout and call three straight pass plays what are you doing you literally could have just ran it killed the whole clock out and have been in position to just end the game it's either you get the touchdown and time runs out or you don't get it and you know what i mean like you yeah, yeah. regardless if they had scored or not they were setting it up to where Kansas City would have an, had an opportunity to strike back, and giving Mahomes 30 seconds with two, three timeouts is just not a good idea, especially if they only needed a field goal because they would have went up uh, three, I of, believe, uh, San Francisco of at that time. And, and you know that that just like the, the Chiefs offense, I mean, it, it only takes a couple of minutes yeah. to get hot. Dude, you know? 30 se- Dude, I'm pretty sure. I remember someone I was with during the game was like, there's no way they could score two touchdowns in this time. I was like, I guarantee you they do it on this play. And it was the Watkins play that almost got them in the end zone. I feel I feel like someone said it before before the game when I was watching um the NFL pregame. And a, a big thing that they, they said that what ended up being a factor was don't peak too early. And yeah. I feel like that's exactly what happened with the 49ers. And the Chiefs kind of still had a lot of plays in the bag for the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- anyway, Lou, who do you think left the biggest impact on that game? It's gotta be it's gotta be Tyreek for me just because he was so disruptive and it's not even that he was making tough plays he was wide open yeah like he made the a top five secondary in the league embarrassed like he embarrassed them like there was the whole fourth quarter I didn't see him 
within a foot of a defender the whole time, and that just can't happen. No, it definitely. But can't no one happen. can. No one can. Like he's just too fast. Sherman Sherman wouldn't go across the field and stay with him. But but we saw we saw Sammy Watkins even get the best of Sherman. So who knows if that even would have made a difference? If he just looks you know slow, I mean? he looks so much like. There was one play where he was lined up with him, and they had the safety behind him. The safety cut the wrong way, and then he got Sherman like. Like right off, like right off the break, and he was like in the dust. Yeah, no, he really was. Um, but I, I honestly think that Steve Spags made the biggest impact. He, he kind of came up when he needed to get his mm-hmm. guys rallied up. Chris Jones had a great game. Frank Clark had a, a great game. Tyron Matthew too was had a great game. Well, that's what I mean. He, he was just all over the field, and we don't even talk. We don't talk about the the DBs for for Kansas City that often. But Breland and uh. Ken, I think it's Kendall Fuller or Kyle Fuller, one of the two Fuller mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, they they also had an interception, and had a great game too. Uh, so so that was definitely good to see the defensive unit step up like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like usually we go towards the trend that defense wins championships, and you can make that argument for this defense because they played in the right moments. But I really think the Kansas City offense is really what won them the championship. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go the defense just because they wouldn't have had the possession. I feel like, say this, uh, if the defense doesn't make the stop after the second pick, that game's effectively over. Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, like you still have to score the touchdowns, but just the fact that they were solid in every single way, like they couldn't pass the ball, they couldn't run it crazy effectively, like they kind of had everything up the middle plugged. It was just the sweeps that kind of got them. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, like you said, they put the pressure on Jimmy, and it was just everything they had to do. So I just feel like they'll never get that due because... Like they have the big explosive offense, but like that, they they they, they were the better defensive team in that game. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, especially in key moments. Yeah. Um. But but a couple of guys that that we mentioned just on that Kansas City defense, uh, free agents leaving, and, and the Chiefs don't have a lot of cap space this year. Right now, they're projected at sixteen million in cap space, and that's without uh the the rate going up a little bit. I think it'll go up by like ten or twelve million, but nothing crazy. Um. But but from that defense, Brashad Breeland, Emmanuel Ogba, Reggie Ragland, uh, Fuller. And uh, Sherman and Wisniewski, the, those guys are on the offensive side at the end. But th- those are a lot of key defensive pieces that they're losing. I mean, who who do you think is the most important to uh, retain? And would you expect a guy that's looking to get paid like Chris Jones to walk in free agency? I'd expect it. Is Sammy Watkins a free agent for them? I thought he was on a one year. No, so he still has he has one year left. Oh, okay. I know it was very confusing because he said uh, before the Super Bowl had started that he was thinking about taking the year off, but he also said in the post game that he was just joking. He's too young to walk away from the game. Yeah. Um, he he said he wants to stay with the Chiefs for for quite some time, but they'll have to talk extension because this upcoming year would be his last year on a deal yeah honestly I would just sign everyone back in the backfield because I feel like it's easier to draft the linebackers and D tackles than it is to draft corners because like you never know I mean like every one of the like there have been some good corners that have come out the past like couple seasons but like have any of them been like oh he's top five already like oh he's top 10 already I mean, like, definitely, I would say Ramsey, when he came into the league a couple of years ago, he was definitely a, a top corner. Um, but most most relatively close, I, I would say that a guy that did it for one year, and, and I don't even know if we would call him a top five corner still, uh, Lattimore, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, and he had the biggest misstep of all time as a corner. Yeah, so so I, I, it's definitely debatable, but I think they're going to try and shed some salary because, yeah. I mean, if they have to pay Mahomes, whatever it is, at some point. 40. Yeah, what, like I said, whatever it is. It's a um, minimum. It's a minimum. Like, we know it's going to be 40 minimum. So, uh, the way I look at it is if 
Dak signs an extension before him, and that's for $35, $40 million. If Mahomes is the MVP and a Super Bowl MVP before he even hits his prime, for the next five, six years, however long the extension is, he's going to want to be the top paid guy. So we're we're talking about uh, profits in in the $45-plus million range. So I I think it's definitely not unrealistic for him to get that type of a dollar, and that's just where the market really is going. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to see how, how things work out when they do the new CBA. I know Russell Okung, left tackle, is really trying to be the new president. Um, and he's also against the, the extension of the 17-game season. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll have to um, stay, stay in the work with that. But let's go to some free agents as far as San Francisco. They have a lot of key guys that, that are going to be uh, either leaving or they have to try and find a way to retain them. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Ward, uh, Verrett, the, the cornerback, <laughs> Arik Armstead, born the wide receiver and breed of the running back, they only have $13 million in cap space. Jimmy G's taken up a lot. Sherman's going to be t- making more with all of his incentives kicking in. Um, so who do, if you had to pick one guy from that group, who do you think that they would have to try and keep? I'd probably go Ward just because yeah. he kind of – I mean, honestly – well, don't they have? Are they getting McKinnon off the, the payroll next season? So that's, I mean, that's that's a if, that's a blessing. If they're not getting rid of him, then they should definitely cut him to get him off. Yeah, the I mean, I, screw Breida. I mean, at this point, like you have Mostert and you have um, Coleman, Coleman, who are just like great and underpaid. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, pretty sure Mostert's on like a like, rookie deal. Yeah, like something stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Well, cheap. He got cut from from a couple of teams. We all saw that seven. in the build up. Yeah, six or seven teams. Um. So, so he's definitely not making any crazy money. I know Cat, Coleman's probably making around seven and a half, eight and a half million. Um, so that's that's nothing crazy. He's not locked up like you for like draft. five, six yeah. years. And you can draft like to have to be like, oh my god, we have no third running back. So that you have Kyle Uschick, who's basically a running back in himself. And honestly, I didn't think they planned on keeping Emmanuel Sanders because whatever they pay him, it, it won't be worth it. No, I think they're sure. gonna they're all draft. I think that's what they are. I mean, they have they have picks still. Uh, they have a, a little bit of money, I mean, and, and they can still develop people. It's like, what are the odds Nick Bosa gets worse? Like, no, Twisty Tot, like, is he going to get worse? Yeah. Is Debo Samuel going to get worse? Jimmy no, G, he's not going to get worse. They can only get better, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's scary to think that a guy like Nick Bosa can get better because within the next five years, I mean, he can be a possible sack leader one day if he's disrupting the oh, league yeah. the way he is now. Um But just kind of off football a little bit, Lou, what did you think of the halftime show with J-Lo and Shakira? I don't watch them. No, <laughs> no. There's two things I don't watch. I don't watch halftime shows. And I don't watch award shows. Yeah. No. I, I, there was a lot of people that that had mixed feelings about it. I didn't think Heard it was, was good. I didn't think I didn't think it was bad. I, I feel like when people see like the way like they're dressed, like they can obviously just go and, and shame it for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I'd really like to see. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a Kendrick take over the halftime show one time or like Meek Mill, something like that. Like Jay-Z's in, in a partnership with the, with the NFL. Like that'd be dope. I know yeah. Beyonce uh, did it. I think it was in 2013. Yeah. But. A lot of politics behind it. Because like a lot of guys like Kendrick, like J. Cole, like they see like the NFL is like the enemy. Yeah. So like they, I don't think they'll do it. I, like no joke, if they didn't have a half, like the only reason I'm happy for the halftime show is because it lasted so long that when I left work, walked, took the train, got to my car and drove home, it had just started the third quarter. Oh, perfect. I was I was I was so blessed that I didn't have to watch it. I just I can't do it. They do nothing for me. Yeah, Lou's even working on a Sunday. Got to oh, grind, yeah. man. <laughs> oh yeah, I was uh, all eyes on the game, but it was just uh, 
that is something I will never do. I will never sit down and watch the halftime show. I cannot. Lou, j- just off of a note, uh, besides the, the Super Bowl, Derrick Henry came out and said that Zeke's money, Zeke's framework for his contract, that's the minimum that he's looking to take. So do you think that the Titans could realistically look in a different direction or do you think they're going to give him the bag? I think they'll give him the bag just because I, I think they see the opportunity to get a young QB, build on what they have, and he's a guy that gets, he's a big man. Like I've talked about this many times. He gets stronger as the season goes. So it's like you always have a good, durable running back. The problem with guys like, I don't know, I'm not going to say like Shady or like, uh, like Kamara and things like that. Like you pay those guys that, and then it's like by the end of the season, like they're banged, banged up. up. They're yeah. not that dude. They have to get in the flow like like Mark Ingram, smaller guy, banged up at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle, like another guy, small dude, banged up at the end of the season. We see running backs fade usually. Yeah, yeah. The only dude I'd say him and McCaffrey are the only two dudes I would just hand the bag. Just say take it. It's cool. No, it's definitely something to think about. I mean, Zeke Zeke's gonna be be making sixteen sixteen plus million. So I mean, to to have a contract say the minimum is gonna be sixteen million, go to seventeen million when you can draft a running back in the third fourth round that that you From know is, yeah that you know is gonna be productive. It, I mean, it, it's really a big it's a big option to make, especially when this is your franchise for years to come. Um, and I'm sure the 17 million could be spent on, on a lot more value position, valuable positions too. You know. Yeah. Steve hates David Montgomery, guys. He <laughs> no. hates every. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just think that that it depends. You got, you got to draft no, the right you. value. Uh, you, you definitely see teams going, going in the direction of, of taking like two running backs. Yeah, like uh, like how the Colts got Naheem Hines, even though they had um, what's his Marlon name? Mack. Not Marlon Mack, the other guy. Uh, he was great. Wilkins, the yeah, two Wilkins. Yeah. Even though they had Wilkins, they still taught Naheem Hines, and like it worked out pretty well. Lou, I saw today the Colts are working on an extension for Mac. I like it. I, li- <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> but but that wraps it up as far as everything goes in the NFL. Going to have a lot of free agency and draft coverage coming to you guys, so make sure to stay tuned. We hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl, and keep on listening, guys, since the sandbox, baby.